In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Oh Lord, it's good to be here and to take this time of prayer, this half hour. We've had a good, many of us had a good time of work. And now we get a little bit of a, a rest with you before um, there's some time of community and a chance to, to socialize. And again, just for these preached meditations that we, um, the important thing is our conversation with Jesus and that the, the meditation and the kind of points of that are meant to be helpful. They're meant to spur on our conversation. Um, but there should never be a distraction that it's really just meant to be a chance um, to talk to you, Lord. And that's what's most important, our own personal conversation with Jesus. So when I was growing up in the 90s, um, we had something called Take Your Child to Work Day. I don't know if they still do that because uh, it's probably a big legal liability. Um, I remember I got to spend a day in an emergency room following a doctor around. I wasn't the child of one of the doctors, but they were friends with him. So they arranged I could walk around an ER for a day and see patients with the doctor. It's totally illegal nowadays, but it was a lot of fun when I was in eighth grade. And um, and other things where like you get to, there was something cool. Um, I was spending a day, you know, in the other ways that my mother or father would be working. And just spending the day with them. Like, I go to school, but here's what mom and dad do all day. And I get to spend the whole day with them. And so when you get, then you get home at the end of the day, it's not like, you know, I was seeing my parents for the first time since I left that morning. Or like, no, I spent the whole day with mom and dad. They probably hated it because they had to babysit me all day and work. But uh, whatever. Um, it was a beautiful thing. Well, early in the gospel, the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we kind of get a go with Jesus for a day scene that we get to spend a whole day with Jesus. There's, there's this one particular day that we just spend with Jesus uh, in the gospel and have the ch- chance to kind of walk with him through a whole day to see what, it, what does a day look like for Jesus. And so as we pray with that, Lord, like in this time of prayer, just for the next you know, 25 minutes or so, let's just enter into like, we're, we're going to work with God today. And we're seeing, like, what does is, what is Jesus' day look like? And, and how does that shape how we live our day? And so uh, we hear that when Jesus gets to Capernaum, which was kind of his, his home base, uh, he went on the Sabbath uh, and entered a synagogue. And that he was teaching there, right? So Jesus goes to the synagogue in Capernaum, which was the normal kind of parish church for the Jewish people. And it's the Sabbath day, so it's the day that everyone gathers. So for the, you know, people of the Jewish faith, that's Saturday. We as Christians live that on Sunday. But like picture, okay, the day, start the day with Sunday Mass, right? That's how we would do it. But so Jesus goes to the synagogue with the other people and they gathered in the synagogue and, and Jesus was teaching, right? He was, he was teaching them. And so this, what, a, what a great way to kind of begin the day with our friend Jesus um, in the synagogue as, he, as he's teaching. And, you know, what was Jesus teaching? We don't 
here, many of the things that Jesus taught in the synagogues. We know in the same synagogue in Capernaum, Jesus later gives the bread of life discourse. And so he teaches about the Eucharist, right? And preparing people for the Eucharist. And that he himself is the bread of life. Um, we know in the synagogue in Nazareth, he read the scroll from the prophet Isaiah and taught that it was fulfilled in him, that he himself was the, the promised chosen one uh, that Isaiah foretold, the anointed one, the Christ. Um, but what did he teach here in Capernaum? I don't know, right? Commenting on the scriptures, that's how they would do it. You'd read from one of the scrolls and then there'd be a, a commentary. So Jesus is there and he's he's teaching. And so this is what he did. He, he taught. And St. Mark tells us in a particular way that he taught as one who had authority and not as a scribe. So as we look at Jesus and how he taught, he'd been a carpenter up until this point, but now he's a rabbi, right? Now, now he's exercising this role of, of teaching. And so he teaches with authority. And so Jesus, when he's doing this work, he's confident. He, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's saying. He knows his father. He knows, I mean, he wrote the scriptures, uh, so there's something really cool about the person that wrote them, explaining them. And when Jesus explains the scriptures, he's the one that wrote them, right? God is the primary author of scripture and Jesus is God. So he, he inspired them. He is the word that then was made flesh. I really, uh, I like the fantasy author, Brandon Sanderson. Uh, and I love uh, in some of his YouTube videos and he teaches a writing class. And he... When he breaks down how he writes and like you hear the author explaining how he wrote a particular book and all the cool stuff he tried to explain. And like with one of his books, he's like, yeah, it's a steep learning curve until like chapter 11 and the chapter 11, it like it levels out. But I know like chapters one through 11, it's just a steep, steep incline to get into the book. And I'm like, yeah, I thought that I didn't like this book until chapter 11, um, and cool, like the author intended it that way. Well, Jesus is the author of scripture. And so he's teaching with a certain authority, not saying like, well, Rabbi so-and-so says this, and Rabbi so-and-so says this, just saying this says this. This is what it means. And Jesus, you could teach us with that same authority. As we gather with you in this day, and we spend this day with you in our time of prayer, when you teach us, you teach with authority. right? Jesus doesn't have to use footnotes. He he just teaches what the truth is. He, he points out truth to us. Uh, and that's how we want him to teach us. Jesus is our teacher. And so, uh, but now in the middle of this, um, probably what's a really good sermon, right? When Jesus is preaching and teaching, it's probably really good. He's probably the best teacher in all of history. Uh, he gets interrupted by a man with a demon. Um, and so immediately in the synagogue, there's a man with an unclean spirit who's going to ruin Jesus's perfect lesson plan. And he's going to cry out, right? What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? He's making a scene. He's making a, a, a commotion. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth, right? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And with that same authority, Jesus rebukes the man with the unclean spirit, right? The unclean spirit says, be quiet, Stop interrupting. Get out of him. Um, and there, there's Jesus. Now he's teaching with authority. Now he exercises authority in this act of exorcism uh, that he commands the unclean spirit. Get out of it. Stop. Be quiet. Early in our times with Jesus, whether it's a time of prayer or whether it is um, just a desire to live a life of a little bit more holiness, 
oftentimes early on, like right at the beginning, something can come up that throws us off our game, right? Something comes up early in the time. Like I decide I'm, I'm going to – earlier today I was just here in the same chapel. I was praying, doing my prayer in the morning. And like in the first two minutes, I'm like, oh, no, I forgot to text these people and remind them about that, right? Like two, three minutes in. Of course that – I couldn't remember two or three minutes before praying. But come in, spend a little time with our Lord, and then right away something comes up that it's like, oh, I, I forgot I had to do that. I forgot all about this. I need to do this right away. And it could be in our times of prayer, but also just like in my moral life, I've decided I want to live a life of holiness. I'm going to spend a little bit more time in prayer. I'm going to spend a little bit more time being charitable, um, you know, exercising good evangelization. And then the like right at the beginning, I fail on the first day. Like somewhere in the first day, uh, I'm going to pray the rosary today. Actually, today I got to the end of the day and I realized I forgot to pray the rosary, right? Or I'm going to... Um, read scripture today, like today. Well, no, I got busy and I usually don't get this busy, but it's the first day of a new plan, right? It's the first day of a new diet and they're, we're going to have delicious Costco pizza. And so how could I not have that Costco pizza? My diet could start tomorrow because first day something goes wrong. Well, this happens Jesus first day that we're reading about. And here comes a demon interrupting his teaching. But Jesus says, hey, be quiet. Stop. Be quiet. Enough silence. Come out of him, right? And when the evil one tries to interrupt our life of holiness, and even if we do stumble a little bit, then we just have to say, like, hey, stop, enough, quiet. We're moving on, right? Um, we're not doing it. I forgot to text this person. Okay, guardian angel, remind me. Like, when I finish praying, remind me. I'll, I'll do it then, right? I'll make a little note, and I'll, I'll take care of this later. That we, we can't get distracted. We can't get thrown off guard. And then the people are amazed, Right? They're amazed at him. He teaches with authority and he exercises authority. His fame spread everywhere. So what does Jesus do after he leaves church? Well, we hear he goes to the house of uh, Simon and Andrew, who are brothers, right? And Simon is obviously Simon Peter. Um, and Simon's mother-in-law was, was sick uh, with a fever. And so immediately, immediately, they tell, her, tell him about her. Now, what's cool is St. Mark in telling us this use the word immediately a lot. Immediately in Greek is the word euthus. And he, like, immediately he left the synagogue, entered the house Simon and Andrew with James and John, right? So the five of them there, they're going into Simon's house. And Simon's other mother was sick. And immediately they told him about her, right? Immediately, immediately. Mark gives us a sense by using this word again, again and again. Now, Mark may have not been that good at Greek, and especially early in the gospel, he's probably still getting the hang of, like, writing in Greek. So it's like, I know this word, right? I know the word immediately. So I could just use it again and again and again, right? But immediately, 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 that Jesus didn't kind of waste time. He knew what he was doing. Spend the day with Jesus. Yeah, like we got some time to kill. Let's just check Galilean Twitter and see what's going on. Or X, I guess we have to call it now, right? Uh, let's just, whatever, we'll just, who cares? We, we're not really doing it. We don't have a plan. We'll just wander around. Like, no, Jesus, no. I finished the synagogue? Great. Simon and Andrew, we're going to your house. And James and John, they're coming with us, right? We're having the friends over. We're going to have um, brunch. <laughs> let's, have, let's have Saturday brunch. And we're going to have this time and spend some time together in community. And, uh, but Peter's mother-in-law, she's sick. And so Jesus heals her. Uh, and it's just so cool. Like he just heals her. All right, she's sick. 
we're going to heal her here at home. Where do we start our works of apostolate, right? So a lot of times we may think like my works of holiness happen here in the Catholic Center. They maybe happen on campus. They happen because it's like professional. I'm doing my professional church work. And then at home, I'm me and I don't have to do, I don't have to spread the gospel at home, right? I don't have to live this apostolic life at home. Well, no, Jesus goes into a home and he's still, he's God. He has what we call unity of life, right? It's the same Jesus, whether he's at home with friends on a preaching mission, in the synagogue teaching, no matter what he's doing, it's the same Jesus. He has unity of life. And that's something that we should aspire to as well. That we have un- we're the same Christians. We are other Christ. If we're baptized, we are other Christ. I carry Jesus about in my body. And so um, I need to have that unity. Everywhere I go, I am bringing Christ. Right? I am a Christian. Everywhere I go, no matter what's going on, I bring Christ with me. I'm a Christian. I have the unity of life. And so he heals uh, Peter's mother-in-law. And took her by the hand and he lifted her up again. Spend the day with Jesus. What a gentle gesture that is, right? With the devil, it's be quiet, right? Silence, get out of him, right? It's authoritative. But Peter's mother-in-law, she's just sick, right? There's no, there's no devil and, you know, demon involved in that. So he just gently lifts her up. And so Jesus with us, when we have something going on that needs to be tough love, that needs to be stern, right? Sometimes Jesus is going to have to say to us when we're going down a bad path, like, stop. Stop that. Enough of that. I know. But that same Jesus, when we're just, it's our human weakness, can be so gentle with us and just take us by the hand and he can lift us up. Right? And, and we can see that maybe in our way, Jesus. What way do I just need to be lifted up by you? Right? I don't need a talking to here. I need compassion. I need just that help. And so Jesus can lift us up. He takes us by the hand. He lifts us up, as he did to Simon's mother-in-law. And then... She began to serve them, right? So she served dinner. Um, and so they have a dinner, um, which again is a beautiful scene because Mark doesn't tell us anything about it. But after they got home from the synagogue, until sundown, they're in the house and there's just a time of community, right? There's a time of just friendship around the table, having a beautiful Sabbath meal. Uh, and, and what does that look like? Uh, what does it look like to be with Jesus? Not when we're busy with, you know, healings, that's going to come up in a little bit, not when he's teaching, but now we're just around the dinner table with our friend Jesus. We're spending the day with God. We're at the dinner table and we're hanging out with him and he's talking, right? And what was it like to just have dinner with Jesus, right? It's not, we're not working right now. It's unity of life. It's all the same thing, but we're not working right now. There's not the crowds. We're not having to deal with all that. So we could just be together. We could just take that time and be friends. It's so great to just be friends with our friends, just have that time when we don't have to be doing anything and we could just be friends together. We could have that, that vital unity of friendship. Well, we want that with you, Lord. Like we want that where we could just be friends together and we could just have that time when we invite you into those times of leisure. There's a saying in seminary for guys studying to be priests that when you go home for like summer break, that there's no vacation from your vocation. Right? No vacation from your vocation. So don't do anything stupid when you're home on summer break. Right? Okay. Well, for all of us, for our universal call to holiness, it's the same thing. Right? There's no vacation from our vocation to holiness. And so no matter what we're doing, we can do everything to the glory of God. No matter what it is. If we're, if we're just enjoying time with friends. 
And maybe if we have a bad idea of vacation, right? I'm gonna go to the beach and I'm just gonna be lazy and I'm just gonna do beach things. Sorry to hate on the beach, but it's not my favorite place in the world. Um, but like, I'm just gonna go to the beach. I'm just gonna be lazy and, and do beach things and forget that I'm a Christian for a while and I'm not gonna thank God for the sand and thank God for the waves and thank God for the people I'm with. And I'm just gonna forget about God for a while because I'm going on vacation. So don't bother me, God. Like, no, that's not what a Christian does. Even when we're on vacation, we could be in a relationship with God. Even when we get a day off, right? That day off is a time of rest with God, right? What was it like to be at the dinner table with Jesus, just enjoying a nice weekend meal? And what, how does that look when we're at our own dinner tables, right? We go to a friend's house for brunch. We have people over for dinner. We're just there and we're enjoying our time. Is our dinner tonight going to look like Jesus' dinner would have looked in Simon's house, right? Is it going to be that filled with love of God? What was it like to be with Jesus? Well, that's the attitude that we should model here in our apostolate, right? That's the attitude we want to create in our community. Because again, it's that that same unity of life that Jesus is present in, in everything that we're doing. And so... Uh, we're, we're close to our Lord in that. And they have that dinner. And Simon's mother-in-law, who's just healed his serving, his wife is probably there. You know, John and uh, James and Andrew and Jesus, the most important guest of all. But <laughs> it's just getting started, right? So there's a, there's a time to rest and to have that joy and to just have the, the quiet leisure. But at evening, at sundown, we hear they brought to him all who were sick and oppressed by demons in the whole town. So they have a little bit of time. But then, like, now it's time to get to work. Now, why did they wait till sundown? Why did they wait till evening? Well, it was the Sabbath, right? So because of the Sabbath, the Sabbath ends at sundown. And so the first moment the people had available, they bring to him everyone. Like, everyone comes right away. Think this is a whole town. It's a fishing town, right? So it's a whole town of people. And... Right away, they bring everyone who's sick. Not like, okay, one at a time, like let's get in line. Just everyone piles toward the door. Um, and it's, it is, uh, it's now it's time to work, right? The sun goes down and now, now we're going to really get to some hard work. Jesus, as we spend the day with you, we see that you worked really hard, right? Jesus did a lot. Like he was active. He did a lot, not activism, it wasn't frenetic, but Jesus, he worked with a real intensity. There's no laziness. Right? Hey, it's sundown. It's evening. I'm going to go to sleep. We'll deal with this all tomorrow. No, there, people are coming now. We're working now, right now. The sun's going down and they bring everyone, all who are sick or oppressed by demons, right? Like that's a big deal. Um, and, and some of these people may have had these sicknesses for years. And there were demons, right? Like Jesus is going to get into a real fight with these demons. And that's not fully God. He has total authority. But fully man, like, you know, before a boxing match, you get tension. You get some nerves. Like, I'm going to have to go beat this guy up or he's going to beat me up, right? There's, we're going to get into a fight. And when we get into that fight mentality, there's a certain tension that, that comes with it. Uh, and so Jesus, there's probably that tension before this conflict with these demons and casting them out. Um, we hear the whole city gathered together at the door, right? The whole city was there, gathered at the door, and Jesus works. He healed many who were sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons, and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew. Now, 
what the heck was going on in Capernaum, that there were many demons in that one little town, right? But it just shows like he's come to overthrow the, the power of the devil. And so he cast out many demons and he cured many who were sick with various diseases. And so as we spend that day and we watch Jesus, he's working, like he's working hard. And you don't ever get the sense that Jesus just does a, um, a general healing. Like, okay, everyone here who's got COVID, like you're all healed. And then, okay, everyone here that's got leprosy, you're all healed too. And everyone here that's got a demon, you're all like, no, Jesus probably like each individual person, right? You, what's your name? Right? My name's John. Well, John, you know, be healed, be cured, be made well. Each individual person. Jesus works with that intensity, with that love. And so we watch him and we can ask like, Jesus, in my work, do I work with that intensity, with that individual attention? Or do I just want to like get it done? There's a, you know, when, when you invite people to something, oftentimes I want to send a group text. I love that like with 5F, I could just send out the, the group chat. I just have to make one meme, send it to everyone. But how much different is it to make like individual invitations? Like, hey, so-and-so, we're having... You know, five hour having social tonight at the Catholic Center. Would love it if you would join us. Right? Let me know. I'd be happy to pick you up if you need a ride. Individual attention, not just a group chat, not just kind of this anonymous thing, but individual, personal. Well, that's how Jesus works. Each individual person, right? He cares about each one. He's gonna pay attention. He knows each one by name. He he takes upon himself. You've been struggling with this for a long time. This has really been a burden to you. And so Jesus, when you teach us how to work. You, you know, you teach us as the teacher, you teach us how to be at leisure and be with friends. And now you teach us how to work. Do we work with that individual attention, with that real care? The same attention that Jesus would have given, like in being a craftsman and making sure every edge is perfectly sanded and everything works well and it all fits together perfectly. Well, now he's given that to souls, each individual person, each individual soul. And so Jesus, he's work, you know, what is it like to work now late into the night, right? He doesn't start until sun, the sun goes down, maybe six, seven o'clock. And that's when he starts working. And so he's going probably late into the night because the whole city is there. So they probably don't go to bed until, you know, after midnight, maybe one or two in the morning. I have a, I have a rule as a priest, a personal rule. If I get called out in the middle of the night for something, I don't have to work the next morning. I make my own schedule. I'm my own boss, so I could do that, right? But like, oh, I got to go to the hospital at two in the morning. Yeah, I'm not working today. Like, I'm not going to the office. I'm not doing it. I'll be around afternoon. Like, if you got to work in the middle of the night, you don't have to work the next morning because, hey, I'm human. Like, I'm human. What do you want me to do, right? What does Jesus do? You're going to work till two in the morning. You're going to be healing everyone. It's going to take real personal effort and attention. Sleep in tomorrow. Right? We learn from our Lord, like sleep in tomorrow. No, he doesn't do that. Absolutely not. And rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, right? So he started working after the sun went down. And before the sun comes up, getting up very early in the morning, he departed and went to a desolate place, a lonely place. And there he prayed. Like this is the capstone of Jesus. This is the most important thing. Save the best for last. What does Jesus do? He gets a little bit of sleep and he gets up super early in the morning before the sun comes up and he goes and he prays. And he has dialogue with his father. That's where Jesus' strength comes from. 
How does Jesus do it? How does he give personal attention to each person? How does he cast out the demons? How does he have that unity of life? Well, it comes from his time of prayer. It comes from the relationship with the Father. And everything he's doing, he is the son of the Father. Everything Jesus does, he's the son of the Father. So getting up early in the morning, he goes and he prays. And that, that time of prayer is so, is so essential. And we can see in our own life, you know, we, we're going to work hard. We're going to be involved in the life of the church. We're going to listen to Christ as our teacher. So we're learning. We're learning our faith. We're going to be involved in friendship in times of leisure. But then most important of all, we have to pray. Every single one of us, we have to take time to just silently be with our Father, right? And to be with you, Jesus, right? The Son, our friend. And the Holy Spirit, to allow the Holy Spirit to to lift up our prayer. That we need that time for prayer. Each one of us. St. Jose Maria Escriva, in his, one of his homilies, uh, in this little book, Friends of God, which is a great little book, collection of his homilies, he writes, I've never gotten tired of talking about prayer, and with God's grace, I never will. I remember back in the 30s, 1930s, as a young priest, people of all kinds used to come to me looking for ways to get closer to God. And to all of them, university students and workers, healthy and sick, rich and poor, priests and laymen, I gave the same advice. Pray. And if anyone replied, I don't even know how to begin, I'd advise them to put himself in God's presence and tell him of his desires and anxiety with that same complaint, Lord, I don't know how to pray. And often humble admissions like that were the beginning of an intimate relationship with Christ, lasting, a lasting friendship with him. Jesus, we just come to you. That's all we have to do. We just tell you, I don't know how to pray. Like, here, here's what's on my heart right now, right? I, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to talk to you. I don't know what a time of prayer is supposed to look like. I'm bored. I'm anxious. I want to be checking my phone. Maybe someone texted me. Um, you know, I, I want to move on. I don't really know. I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. Got a big Bible here. I don't even know where to go in it. Like, what do I look for? I may end up with something weird in the Old Testament if I just flip the pages. Like, how do I, how do I pray? Hi, right, Jesus, I don't know. You teach me. Just te- teach me how to pray. Lord, I don't know how to pray. But here's what's on my heart today. I'm, I'm a little frustrated about this. I'm anxious about that. I'm worried. I'm concerned. I'm annoyed. I'm impatient. I'm happy. I'm joyful. You know, I'm just really feeling good today. I'm hot because probably Casey turned off the air conditioner and it's a really small space. Uh, any number of these. Jesus, I'm just going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you what's on my heart. I'm just, that's all. And that's praying. Like, it's not, you don't get the sense that Jesus went out into the lonely place and just started rattling off vocal prayers, right? And let's rush through them at light speed, right? I'm going to go and I'm going to pray the rosary in five minutes and just be done with it, right? No, it was quiet. It was conversation. He probably would have prayed the Psalms, right? Would have prayed some of the Psalms, particularly as the sun's coming up. There were Psalms you'd say every morning at sunrise. And so he probably would have prayed the Psalms, right? Because he wrote them. Like he wrote these songs. And so he would have, maybe would have even sang them. What's it like when Jesus prays and he sings? Like what does Jesus' singing voice sound like? He wrote the Psalms. Right? He is the artist. David composed them as the human author, but Jesus wrote them in his own in his own voice. Like they mean him. And so, like, what's it like when Jesus sings? He sings the Psalms, right? 
there's a line, I don't know, it's a poet, only the lover sings, right? Only the lover sings, only someone in love. And so, like, Lord, when we sing, we raise our voice to you in song, only the lover sings. But to spend that time, that quiet time, and we could say, like, yeah, that's nice. I'm really busy. Like, I'm super busy. I've got a commute. I've got school. I've got homework. I've got work. I've got family. Like, yeah, Jesus was busy. Like, we can't be like, oh, no, like, Lord, you didn't have any. You don't realize, like, you don't go to college. No, Jesus was busy. He He healed a whole city worth of people after sundown and found time to pray. We can never be too busy to pray, ever. It's the most important thing we do in the day. It's the most important thing Jesus did. He went out early, very, very early. Desolate place. Even, even Peter, you know, what was it like when the apostles, they woke up and like Jesus isn't there? Like they slept in. I'm sure if, the, if like they're working till two in the morning, like the apostles probably slept in. So Jesus probably got a little while in the morning to pray because the apostles would have slept in and they'd get up, maybe have breakfast. And it's like, hey, where's Jesus? Like, where'd Jesus go? Um, so then they go looking for him. And so they probably maybe don't find him until like noon or later, right? So you had this whole time. He's there, he's praying. Again, we're not just rushing to a little two-minute prayer. Like he's there in quiet prayer, staying, remaining with our Lord. He remains with the Father. It's not a rush thing, but it's a quiet remaining. And even Peter's like, look, everyone's looking for you. Like, what are you doing out here? Don't you know we're busy? They're looking for you. They want to talk to you. The hottest thing in the town. Like everyone wants to talk to you. Like, what are, you, what are you doing out here? He's got to pray. This is more important than the popularity. Prayer is more important than even the popularity. Jesus came with a mission of preaching and healing, and prayer is even more important than that, right? This is what a prayer is for our Lord. And so uh, this is what happens, right? This is what the gospel teaches us about the life of Christ uh, and what it's like to spend a day. And so Jesus, as we spent this day with you, right, this could be part of our own just personal prayer. To, to contemplate, like, this is what a day with Jesus looks like. And so, if we've had this time to go to work with you today, in this time of prayer, well, let's see, maybe in our next time of prayer, how you go to work with us. What is it as we invite you into everything that we do throughout the day and really have that be a relationship with you? Jesus, help us to always keep you in mind. Give us this grace of unity of life so that everything we do can always be filled with love of you And that in all things we do, we do them out of love for you and for the glory of your Father. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.